Welcome to the Conversations That Matter podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, as always, looking at some Southern Baptist-related content this morning and deciding I'm not going to talk about this today. I can't take it. I can't take the uh, compromise and corruption. And for those who are sticking it out and want to fight next year in the Southern Baptist Convention, man, God bless you. I'm praying for you. But uh, man, I just, it, it, it just seems past the point of no return in my mind, uh, reading some of the things I've been reading this morning. It's it just, it's a denomination that has a broken immune system. They have no way really to actually oppose the evil that is surrounding them. And it's just sad to me to watch uh, the downgrade continue. And I think in some ways we're at the beginning of it. I mean, it's going to get, I think, a whole lot worse within our lifetimes uh, if the Southern Baptist Convention even remains. I mean, it They've opened themselves up to so many uh, potential lawsuits that who knows what's going to happen. But anyway, uh, I'm going to talk about an article that is very short, that it's, it's, it's a listener-generated episode. Someone sent it to me and wanted my opinion on it early in, in June. And of course, we're not early in June anymore, but it's still uh, quote-unquote Pride Month. In fact, this is the first year, I believe, that I had on my phone calendar. When I looked at my calendar, it just said Pride Month. Um, and it, it just seemed, I was talking to my family yesterday about this uh, for Father's Day get-together. I said, it just seems to me like it's more prevalent this year than it's ever been. Uh, I was at a gym recently when I was traveling, and they had, uh, it, was a, it was a Planet Fitness, and they had behind the counter um, a, a television screen that said, check out our app and our special Pride workouts. I don't know what a Pride workout is. I mean, how do you link that issue to everything? How, how come when I go to the state park that's near me, I pass a booth, and this has been in effect actually for a while. It doesn't have to be Pride Month. It's, it's all the time, and it says Pride Outdoors uh, with a rainbow flag sticker on it. I mean, this is a state park. What does that have to do with hiking? Uh, when I go to the local, local grocery market, um, there's a sticker that you pass, and there's nothing else there. It's just this one sticker. Uh, same thing with the, the booth in the county or the uh, state park. It's, there's nothing else there. It's not like they have that and a bunch of other things. It's, it's just that. Uh, but at the local grocery store, you, you go in and there's a sign or a sticker on the door that uh, is approved LGBT friendly workspace. It, it's all over the place where I am. And I know that's not where everyone is, but where I am, it's, it's definitely prevalent. And um, the only thing I, I will say is the community that I live in is I don't see rainbow flags. I don't see people personally celebrating this in where I live. Now, towns around me, yes, but not where I live. So when I was gone, though, for, for a week, I come back and there's a mural now painted by the local high school uh, on a, is a concrete um, uh, base. Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's actually the, the bottom of a bridge. It's a bridge, really. Um, I think I'm going to have to write the county later today. I've got to figure out whether it's the town or the county. I think it's the county, but uh, it's a county road that it's uh, supporting. So it's a support structure made out of concrete. And they put this mural on it, painted it, and they did a good job uh, depicting the local area, except for two things. There's a lesbian couple, in, and it's very prominent. You could, there's no mistaking what they're trying to communicate. Uh, holding hands, walking on the local rail trail we have here, hearts above them. And then you have a farmer. Uh, we have a lot of, we're in apple country. There's a lot of apple orchards. There's a farmer on a tractor. And on his overalls is a rainbow flag. I kid you not. Now, that's just not reality. That's just not happening. <laughs> that's, if that's happening with the farmers, we're in real trouble. I, I didn't think that was happening with the farmers. But that's 
the way the high school kids wanted to, in part, depict the local area. And so anyway, I'm just saying it, it is so prevalent. It is so prevalent. And uh, it's it, it's in your face. And Christians are, um, if, if you don't think Christians are being marginalized, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's it's everywhere around you. It's uh, in business. It's in government. It's in your entertainment. It's in academia. And uh, the moral um, values that Christians hold to are certainly not not just out of style, but they're considered to be immoral. They're considered to be evil. And this is the world we live in, and we just got to be honest with ourselves about it, I think, and we have to confront it directly. We can't, um, we can't compromise. There is no compromise. And so I want to talk to you about an article Carl Truman wrote that is an attempt to, I think, essentially rally the Christians. You were seeing all of this around us, but but let's rally the Christians. But before we get to that, our sponsor for this episode, and I'm grateful for them, Gold River Trading Company, Gold River Tea. You can go to goldriverco.com, and I have, uh, if you're watching, a picture up here of some of their great uh, summer refreshing iced tea. Uh, it's great stuff. Uh, I, I was just drinking some of this yesterday. I'll probably drink some more later today, or actually two days ago, um, I was drinking some of it. And... Uh, it is not weak. It is strong tea. It's American. It's pro-Western civilization, the, the company that puts it out, pro-Christianity, and it's a company that shares your values. So if you're going to get tea this summer, why not get some Gold River Company tea? Uh, it is it, it is the real stuff, and I wouldn't steer you wrong on this. Uh, I do not just advertise for a company that uh, I don't believe in. I have to actually taste it for myself and it has to be something that I would actually buy. And uh, Gold River tea is something, actually. I, I bought it before. I was drinking it before I was ever um, approached about sponsorship. So anyway, go get yourself some Gold River tea. And let's talk about the article now from Carl Truman. Uh, welcome to Pride Month, Christian. Carl Truman, June 1st. Uh, Social justice demands our opposition to its celebration and symbols. I'll, I'll repeat that subtitle. Social justice demands our opposition to its celebration and symbols. It's interesting to me, this is the same Carl Truman that's run so much cover for Grove City College when they've imported social justice thinking. Um, and, and they've imported some LGBT stuff too. It's not just BLM. But, um, but this is Carl Truman's take on Pride Month. It's pretty short. And let's just read it. And I want you to think through his arguments here because I think there's, there's a problem with this. This is what Carl Truman says. He says, if anyone wants to understand what is happening to the public square in America, indeed, if anyone wants to know how America, at least her ruling class, wishes to understand itself, they need to look no further than Pride Month. If the arrival of the pilgrims, the founding of the nation, and the, even the contribution of Martin Luther King Jr. received no more than 24 hours on the national calendar, the LGBT alliance has an entire month to party in the streets. And this street party is enabled by the countless commercial ventures that post rainbow flags in their windows and on their websites. For, any, for anyone not completely hoodwinked by the erotic obsessions of our day, taking pride in one's sexual identity, indeed, even considering sexual identity to be an identity, would seem at best pitiful and at worst a deep perversion of what it means to be human. Yet here we are, and we should not underestimate the power of what it signifies. It is a basic fact of history that if you control time and space, you also control the culture. The early Christian of the 4th century knew that as they slowly but surely claimed space in pagan Roman culture for churches and marked the rhythm of time with the development of the liturgical calendar. And all sides in our current political divisions know this as well. It is why debates about the naming of Columbus Day and the statues of Confederate 
Statues, or the status of Confederate statues, and flag of the Confederacy are such contentious topics. These arguments are not just about the things themselves. They are about the who owns time and space. In short, they are about who owns the culture's memory and imagination. Now, let's stop right here. I don't find really anything significant to quibble about here. Uh, I would probably phrase things differently about identity. I mean, I, I do think that part of your identity is who God created you to be, and, and that in, in part... Um, is he created men, men and women, women, and the uh, sexual uh, components that are attached to those things. And I don't, I don't know that Carl Truman would quibble with me saying that either. I would just make that stronger point. But I don't think we have anything to quibble with here. Uh, he's, he's right in his analysis of this. And um, this is where I think though the wheels start coming off. So you read this and you think that it's going to be a rallying cry for Christians that we need to hold the line that we need, maybe even we need return to liturgical calendars, or at least uh, we, we need to ignore the celebrations that are being imposed upon us uh, that conflict with our moral teachings and, uh, and focus more emphasis on celebrations that are in accord with our moral teachings. I've made the point many times that the current, uh, the, the holidays that are being forced upon us at breakneck speed, the months uh, and, and the days are really, um, they're, they're really meant to remind everyone of oppression, of a, an America, specifically in our country, that has failed certain oppressed groups. And uh, how those, those failings, uh, in order to rectify those failings, we need to emphasize those failings and uh, and remember them and consider them and meditate upon them and and that will produce I, I think many say healing but really ultimately what happens is that it produces more strife uh, more controversy a really lack of reconciliation uh, just it, it's a it, it's a it's not these aren't holidays that necessarily everyone can come around um, now they they advertise these holidays that way that everyone should be able to come and celebrate. In fact, I think in, in future years, it's going to be kind of like pinching your incense to Caesar for the early church. If you do not participate if, in a favorable way, and if you, you are not uh, making merry to the extent you should, and that which is expected of you, then you will be in big trouble for failing to participate in the religious um, uh, observance uh, that is LGBT or Pride Month. Uh, and, and this would go for Black History Month and Juneteenth and, and whatever else is uh, being imposed upon us. There, there's, uh, I think Columbus is now, what, Indigenous Persons Day. Um, the, there, there's, and none of, a lot of this stuff, um, not all of it, but, but some of this stuff, I should say, it isn't necessarily wrong in itself, in itself. When you, you look at uh, what, what they want to emphasize or talk about, on the front end, it seems okay, but then it's the people behind, the engineers behind these holidays are bringing in with this a lot of resentment, uh, a lot of just uh, a, a critique of the, the very foundation in their minds of what the United States is, and Christianity is certainly attached to this, that we were at one time a more Christian-influenced country. And so uh, Christianity failed, the United States failed, and here we are to rectify these things years later. That's, I, I think that's kind of what's going on. And so I think Carl Truman's correct in his observation here that this is about who um, is going to define 
the, the, well, control the memory and imagination, he says. But I think it's about defining who we are. Who are we as Americans and as Christians uh, as well when this stuff gets into the church? Uh, who are we? Are we uh, the descendants of horrible, oppressive people that uh, were, were just evil and we are finally wise enough today in 2022 to realize these things? And this is an opportunity for us once again to let everyone know about how much we repent of our parents and grandparents and great-grandparents. And we can now finally transcend the bigotry that we were immersed in at one time in order to celebrate, in this case, perversions (laughs) Uh, in the case of Pride Month. uh, That uh, it is not enough to just um, welcome or tolerate. We must... Uh, celebrate. And and so I think Carl Truman's right about this. I'm just adding some meat to the bones here. Here's where the wheels fall off, though, in my opinion. Here's where the wheels fall off. And this is the emphasized quote, by the way. This tells you where we're going. The Christian cause of this month should be opposing Pride Month and its flag in as public and strident a way as many have opposed racism and its symbols. This is where I think, and, and I think many of you would wonder what's wrong with this. This is where I think, though, there's, a, there's an issue here. And let me read it for you. 90% of this article, by the way, I, I would agree with. But th- there's, there's an Achilles heel in this. He says this, This makes Pride Month something with which no Christian should have any sympathy whatsoever. It marks the beginning of summer with a dramatic assertion of human autonomy and the sovereignty of individual desire. Uh, and by the way, I, I would say more than this. It's not, I think this comes from, I think, his rise and fall of the modern self and his thesis in that. It, it's not just an assertion of human autonomy and, and sovereignty of individual desire. Um, like I said before, this is really a, it, it, it's a, um, it, it's a negative celebration. It's a, it's a, a, uh, a recognition of how evil the whole entire country was. And, and how we're still struggling to kind of get out of this horrible anti-LGBT uh, narrative that used to exist because of Christianity. And so this is, this is specifically anti-Christian. I think Carl Truman understands this, but it's, I think it's just so much bigger. It's not just an assertion of human autonomy and the sovereignty of, of individual desire. I think this is, um, this is it, it's actually more basic than that. It's just a celebration of perversion. That's what it is. Uh, you don't see, if it, it was truly a celebration of human autonomy, if that's truly what it was, okay, it would be um, for straight people as well. It would be for married people as well. It would be for everyone, right? It would be inclusive for every single person of every identity, and they could uh, be part of this celebration as well. You have straight pride people, and but that's not what it is, because it's really not ultimately consistently about human autonomy, it is about perverting the institution of marriage and the moral foundation that this country once rested on. That's all it is. And it, it's just evil. He says the rebels take over and with their flags and their parades, they assert ownership over space, public, commercial, virtual, and even via yard signs and symbols on social media posts, personal and private. 
It is not about what the state allows consenting adults to do in the privacy of their bedrooms. Far from it. Rather, June witnesses as comprehensive an attempt at cultural revolution as one is ever likely to see. And anyone who doubts this only needs to walk down M Street in Georgetown or visit Amazon.com and ask themselves what message the commercial signs in the shop windows or the rainbow banners on the website send to their children or why the assistant at the cash register at some bland clothing store still asks them if they would like to supplement their purchase with a donation to the human rights campaign. Now, recently I was in uh, Boulder, Colorado. And Boulder is, they have to have a rainbow flag on every business uh, in the the famous shopping area there. Or, and I was talking to a family that we were being hosted by, and they said that if that doesn't happen, there were businesses that would just be destroyed if they failed to put that flag out there. Now, last week I was in Wisconsin. And in Wisconsin, I think the entire trip I saw one house of the rainbow flag. Very different. I mean, it just doesn't seem to be there as much, but it is there. It is under the surface. It is at the high school. It's it's starting. It's But it's nothing like Boulder. And so it's different depending on what part of the country you're in. Uh, so in some places, I think it is still more hidden. There is some, it is taboo. Um, but in many places, it is not taboo anymore. And I think that's the point, is to try to normalize it, to make it so it's not taboo, so it's normalized. And guess what? You're the freak for being a monogamous married couple with children and many children. I mean, the more fr- of a freak you are if you have a lot of children. And and that's, I think, the play that's going on right now. It is to, um, it, it is to normalize perversion and to cast dispersion on what really is natural and normal. And it's ultimately attack on God. It's the attack on the way he set things up, his morality, his design. We are going to create the world in our own way, and we're going to do it through collective human action, which is why, again, I don't think Carl Truman's 100% correct about this human autonomy thing. I don't think it's just about human autonomy. I think it's about humans, but it's a Tower of Babel going on. It's That's why you see in in like uh, the communities surrounding me, many uh, of these communities, they come together and they have celebrations and parades and it's it's you, you have the mayor out you have the town supervisor or the um, county commissioner out and they're they're all taking part in these festivities uh, this is a col- it is a collective action he says this but there is a silver lining here pride month does offer those christians who are passionate about social justice a chance to reassure those of us who fear their commitment to such is always tailored to appeal to the broader tastes of the day. Let me read this for you again. It is the Achilles heel. This is the significant sentence. There's a silver lining here in Carl Truman's mind. There's a silver lining. There's there's a good, there's a positive thing about this opportunity that presents itself during Pride Month. What's the silver lining? Is it that we can go to these events, like some of my uh, friends on social media, uh, well, personal people I've met, actually, people that are going and, and doing street preaching and I think of like um, a Jerry Doris, who has been posting a lot of stuff on Facebook about going to these events with his church, and he's got a lot of men with him, and they are just preaching the gospel. They are uh, condemning sin and preaching Christ, and it's 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 salvific. It's not Westboro Baptist stuff at all. It's just here is the gospel, here is the love of God. But if you want the love of God, you must forsake your sin. They're doing this. That's not what Carl Carl. Here's what Carl Truman says. This is the silver lining for Carl Truman. Pride Month offers those Christians who are passionate about social justice a chance hmm, to reassure those of us who fear their commitment to such is always tailored to appeal to the broader tastes of the day. Let me translate this for you. Christians who are social justice activists within the church pushing the needle left. 
who have done so with BLM and with Me Too and whatever else. Those two being probably the primary issues, let's say. They've, they've been doing this, and they, they exist at high numbers in the Southern Baptist Convention, apparently. Those Christians, they have an opportunity now to be absolved. We, we've been suspicious, let's say. We've, we've seen them doing these things, and we thought to ourselves, well, they seem to just want the, they want the world's approval. That must be what's motivating this. In fact, in the SBC, you hear the word pragmatism a lot. These are, they're just pragmatists. And I think that's an oversimplification. I think there's much more going on. But there is certainly a pragmatic element to this. Uh, in fact, I, I, I'm recalling now uh, someone at Southeastern years ago, a provost, saying that you know basically in order to save the institution and the Southern Baptist Convention, we need this kingdom diversity initiative. In fact, Al Mohler said much the same thing in, I think it was 2010 or 11, in the Great Commission Resurgence book that was published, he said, hey, if the Southern Baptist Convention doesn't diversify, we're going to lose. the Because we just don't have enough people that are white in the convention. We have to do something, right? And, and this, of course, has now been justified, has justified the, the critical race theory and critical race theory, uh, tr um, uh, I guess... Because I'm trying to think of the word for it, adjacent, I guess, critical race theory, adjacent thinking in the convention. This has really prompted that. Well, if we look at those people that have promoted these things, they have an opportunity now to regain our trust so that we can take our suspicious eye off of them and put it somewhere else because, oh, they're okay. They're opposing Pride Month. And this is, this is a colossal failure in my mind. A colossal failure. Let me read for you more, and then I'll tell you why I think that. He says, For if Confederate flags and statues are deemed social justice issues by many, a point which, uh, with which I am sympathetic, how much more so is the rainbow flag? <laughs> this is it's laughable to me. I'll tell you why in a second. The use of the rainbow symbol should be par particularly egregious to Christians. It is the primary instrument by which the LGBTQ plus movement asserts its ownership of the culture, and it is the means of telling those of us who dare to dissent that we should have no place in the public square anymore. He's right about this. It tears at God's creation order and design for family relations and social stability, and it is also a blasphemous desecration of a sacred symbol, taking that which was intended as a sign of God's love and faithfulness and of our dependence upon him and turning it into aggressive symbol of human autonomy and sexual decadence. And so purely the Christian cause of this month should be opposing Pride Month and its flag in a public and strident way, as many have stopped racism in its symbols. Let us have many blog posts and tweets on the topic, and may we even have pointed op-eds and major attacks slamming pride by those Christians privileged enough to have access to the pages of the, of the Atlantic and the New York Times. Social justice surely demands it, and I, for one, am looking forward to reading them all. And so he's, there's, there's a strategy, I think, going on here. The Russell Moores of the world, the Ed Stetzer of the world, people can write for the New York Times and the Atlantic. Why don't you have some op-eds uh, against Pride Month? And of course, we're not going to see that. But I think it's Carl Truman's way of, hey, you guys were uh, against the uh, Confederate stuff. I'm against that. You were uh, you were so somewhat in line with the BLM narrative. I'm I'm kind of sympathetic to that to some extent. Uh, so why don't we uh, be consistent? And consistency means let's take a stand against the Pride Month. This is very similar to what Lincoln Duncan said at the Shepherds Conference Q&A back in 2019 when he talked about how he was worried about his grandchildren 
rushing into the arms of the LGBTQ lobby. And so in order to prevent that from happening, he needed to show them that he could get kind of woke on race. And of course, he wrote the forward to woke church. <laughs> He's been consistent with this. And, and that was a way of, hey, look, kids and grandkids, uh, we're not hypocrites. We're not bad. We, uh, we see the errors of our ways and of our generation's ways, and we're rectifying those things. And so we're going to get kind of woke on the race thing. But hopefully you see that, and, and that'll inspire you to trust us when we tell you that LGBT stuff is bad. And don't think that that's part of the same soup. So here's what I want to say about all this and why I think this is kind of uh, ridiculous. And and also, to be honest with you, there in, in some ways, this is actually, if taken to its logical conclusion, I think dangerous. What Carl Truman is doing here is he is taking another issue that the world, let's say, would find to be uh, a righteous issue today, because good is evil, evil is good, and they think BLM is great. So he's taking that issue, and he's saying, we can lock arms with those guys to some extent. We can find common cause with them. Uh, Columbus Day, Confederate monuments, we can find common cause with them on that. And so um, in order to oppose Pride Month, in the same breath, there seems to be this necessity out there that we have to reach for something that the world finds admirable and, and that they associate with uh, social justice in order to gain the credibility of the world. That look, world, we are not bigots because look, we're with you on BLM. We're not bigots. We look, did you, didn't you remember we marched with you? We, we helped you pull down that Confederate statue. Remember that world? We're, we're this, and I, I, I don't know how many of us have predicted this and, and said this on, I know I've said it on my podcast many times. Eddie Robles has been saying it for a long time as well. Uh, from years ago, been saying this, that this is a move to try to hedge against what they know is coming. There's an apocalypse coming for true Orthodox believers in this country because our morality is so out of step with the LGBT lobby and as aggressive as the LGBT lobby is pushing things that how do we survive? How do we uh, try to put the proverbial blood on the, of the ram on our doorpost so the angel of death, i.e. the government or the social ostracization from the local businesses Oh, they, they passed uh, around us and they don't target us. And I've said for years, you can't do that. There is no way to do that. You just have to be honest about it. You just have to, with, with no qualifications, you don't need any qualifications. You shouldn't have to say any qualifications. And honestly, you shouldn't be given qualifications. With, with no qualifications, you should be able to declare what the word of God says unapologetically. And you know what? If the angel of death comes, that's when you trust the Lord. And look, we've undergone this to some extent at the church that I'm at. Uh, last month, actually, with some local elections and the issues of uh, the um, these perverted books in the local schools being on the uh, ballot, really, or at least being being issues uh, that debated among the school board candidates and one of those school board candidates attending my church. And, and look, the church was doxxed as far as like they, um, there was a, a Facebook group that came after the church. Uh, it was mild, but I saw it and we had to have an event actually at the church we, we had to up the security it was you know people were it never nothing like this had ever quite happened before but there was no message from the church that hey remember guys that time when we were with you on this or that or 
I'm so glad we invested in BLM years ago. And look, we had masks on as well. And we, I don't know, we, we also supported the Me Too movement. And just remember that, guys, because honestly, it makes no difference. It makes absolutely no difference to the social justice crowd. And this is one of the things that I think is just so foolish on a pragmatic, uh, in a pragmatic way. The, the, these people show they have zero understanding of how this actually works. It doesn't matter if you did 10 things that they liked. They're going to focus on the one thing you did that they didn't like, and they will come after you. And there is no shades of more. There, there's no um, sense of proportion in their minds. They see LGBT and BLM, and they just see it's this it's oppression. It's the same soup to them. If you try to convince them that this is so different, they're, 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 it's not going to make sense. And it doesn't matter if you went with them on one of them if you fail to go with them on the other. And this is this is a trap if we fall into this. If we, if we try, all we do is we compromise and we prepare. Uh, grooming grooming's the big word right now, right? Well, we, we actually prepare people in our church, especially young people, to walk into the arms of the LGBT lobby when we get woke in these other areas. Lincoln Duncan's uh, logic and Carl Truman's logic here, honestly, it's just the opposite. You actually, and tell me whether this isn't true in your own lives. Think about the people you know who are social justice and who have gone down that path. Did it not start with one in particular issue and then branch out to a bunch of others? I mean, I'm thinking of people who have pretty much left the faith at this point and started with the Me Too, but then now they're uh, they're pro-LGBT. And it's, they because here's the thing, they are connected. They are connected. This is one of the reasons I wrote the book I did. Uh, the uh, Christianity and social justice, religions and conflict. This is a whole. This is part of a whole religion, and and, and so you can plug in. Uh, if, if you want to talk about original sin in their worldview, you can plug in heterosexuality the same way you can plug in whiteness. They're both equally the stains of original sin upon us. Uh, they're both equally uh, the um, uh, sources of oppression. In society, they both equally come from the same, in their minds, worldview or the same religion, the same civilization, Western civilization, Christianity. They come from the same well. Uh, and guess what? Um, the the idea that uh, heterosexual marriage is the normal way to go is a unique idea in some ways. Not it's a normal idea; it's a natural idea. But it's not, it, it, there are cultures across this world that don't have a family structure. They have a more of a tribal structure. And polygamy exists. And it's, it's normalized. I mean, Western civilization, one of the reasons that it has been so successful in other areas is because of the family, the strong family structure. And this comes from Christian civilization. It really does. And, and so, yes, uh, and those people, guess what? Where this took for the firmest root over the last few hundred years has been Western Europe primarily, or well, Europe in general. It's, it's been Christian nations affected by some form of Christendom. That's where this has taken root. And so if you want to oppose whiteness or quote-unquote Western civilization, and you want to oppose uh, you know, heterosexual bigoted thinking, I mean, you're talking about the same the history, the same civilization. This is what, and, and the social justice warriors know this. And, and Carl Truman, though, thinks we can somehow separate ourselves from uh, for, we, we can take one aspect of the social justice movement and, and go with them and then another aspect and we can uh, reject it and we're going to have credibility because of this somehow. Or you know, we'll be able to have op-eds in the New York Times and the Atlantic somehow 
to be able to share our views on pride because, well, we shared things that were pro BLM. That's not going to happen. I mean, how naive is this? I don't understand. Carl Truman seems like a smart guy. I just don't understand. Like, I'm like, are we living in the same world? Is there a bubble at Grove City College? It doesn't make any sense to me. Why? The, the whole reason that people like Russell Moore are a, able to write their op-eds is because they're tools of the mainstream media. And I think and I think they want to be. They want to be in the good graces of the mainstream media. So they're not going to be writing something to challenge the narrative. Of course not. Only when they feel they can write something that won't get them in too much trouble in Christian circles, but will be in support of the, the narrative that the mainstream media is pushing, will they be able to have an op-ed. That's, that's just the fact of the matter. Um, and so... I think Carl Truman is just he's super naive on how this whole thing works. You have to oppose it unapologetically without qualification. Just say the truth. Don't say, I mean, this is is just uh, trying to put the, look over here when they're looking straight at you, you know, for lack of participation in Pride Month. Oh, look over there. No, I did that. They're, they're not going to look over there. It doesn't matter. In fact, they're going to look at that and that's going to be more evidence to condemn you because they're going to say, well, how could you go with, with the BLM movement and not see that you're, now supporting the same oppressors you once opposed. That's how they're going to see it. And, and just the facts of the matter here, just, just the, uh, the, either the naivete or the, just the, the clear foolishness of thinking that Columbus Day and Confederate statues, uh, that, that, you know, there maybe there's some, there, there's a way to oppose these that doesn't touch other areas that are directly related to Christianity. To me, it's just, it's, how can you not see this? Uh, yes, of course, it starts with a low-hanging fruit. It starts with Columbus. It starts with Confederate monuments. It starts with um, figures and uh, movements, civilizations, symbols that have been under attack for decades. And the dam breaks and the water comes in. And if you think that that's going to be contained, you got another thing coming. That water rushes right down the canyon and it creates flash floods everywhere. And some of those flash floods have taken out statues of Abraham Lincoln and Theodore Rose or uh, Teddy, yeah, Teddy Roosevelt. And uh, they've taken out um, statues, General War Memorial statues, and threatening statues of the Texas Rangers. In fact, I was just in, in Wisconsin and they showed me there one of the northernmost Confederate cemeteries. It's a cemetery, guys. It's a cemetery. Uh, they had a little bitty monument in this cemetery. It, it wasn't even much of a monument. It was more of like a headstone just describing this. This is where there was a big Confederate prisoner of war camp, and you had a lot of Confederate soldiers who died. It's one of the northernmost. And, and there was a lady there for years who would manage it, and she, um, she, you know, she just had respect for soldiers. Well, they've sanitized it. You wouldn't know that there's any Confederate soldiers there now. The, the whole, the head, the, the main uh, little, I guess, monument, for lack of a better term, has been upended. It's gone. And uh, anything that would signify what the significance of, of what's there, anything that would tell you, it's gone. Um, the same state, Wisconsin, I was told uh, by a guy there that a local high school took down there. They had a, a theme, I guess, or a mascot of Christopher Columbus, Columbus High School or uh, something like that. Well, they took it down. No more Columbus. This is happening all over the place, even in places that uh, you wouldn't expect for it to happen. And uh, in fact, just recently, was it last week or the week before, I heard, um, this is the first year, and th this is uh, related to uh, stuff attached to Confederate stuff, but you had Robert E. Lee's portrait, I don't know if they've taken it down yet, but it's it's being reviewed to be taken down at West Point. Now, Robert E. Lee was the only West Point 
graduate to never receive a demerit, which is incredible. In, in all of West Point's history, he's the only one. And I mean, he's a legend at West Point. I mean, he's that's that alone should give him some kind of recognition. Well, they're going to take down his, his portrait. I mean, he's a military genius, too. <laughs> that would give him some recognition. That doesn't matter. We're in 2022. Uh, and we don't need men of good character and courage to look up to, of which Robert E. Lee was. Um, just the fact, though, that he sided with his home state of Virginia, uh, which even in their even their motivation for secession had more to do with Lincoln invading. It hadn't it wasn't um, that was the primary uh, motivation. They don't mention slavery in there. Uh, in in there or or the mode of being preserving slavery or anything like that in their ordinance, but doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Robert E. Lee sided with his home state, and this was someone formerly, I mean, who was considered a a great Christian man uh, by universally, pretty much north and south. Doesn't matter anymore. That's that's being scrubbed. You don't think that that's also a, a veiled attack on the civilization, a Christian civilization that once existed. It's, it's a way to smear anyone, even if they were post-slavery like Robert E. Lee did. It's a way to smear them, to just paint them with the same color and say that it was all bad. Uh, I noticed, too, the Country Music Awards, uh, first time ever, banned any t- display of Confederate symbolism on T-shirts, on flag, whatever. Well, that's, that's pretty unique. I mean, this is country music, right? This is up until even 10 years ago, you had a lot of mainstream country artists still using Confederate symbolism in some of their... Uh, concerts and stuff and that is gone i mean i i'm not that old and i remember going to country music concerts and seeing a a lot of confederate symbolism at some of them even in new york (laughs) like this this was kind of part of the culture it's it's being at breakneck speed it's being scrubbed and and no one that that i i would be shocked no i never saw anything racist i never saw anything against certain groups. It was just, it was a Southern pride thing. And most country music artists come from the South, but it can't mean that anymore. It must have, it must mean uh, slavery and racism. It has to mean. So if you go with them on this and you say, we're just going to take these symbols. And by the way, now just general mainstream American symbols, because the American flag isn't an exception to this. We've seen the kneeling issue. I've seen areas where have gone left and the American flag start disappearing. Okay, and they, and they, be, they become replaced with rainbow flags or now Ukrainian flags. I've seen this in, in my area. Um, you see uh, the, the attack on just general American founding fathers, generals, uh, you know, McKinley, uh, Thomas Jefferson is, is really on the ropes right now. I mean, there's th- this stuff is getting into everything. And so if you give them, if you give a moose a muffin, he's going to want more. And that's exactly what's happening here. We, uh, and I, not me, but we as evangelicals, many, uh, like Carl Truman, caved on this. And they said, well, yeah, yeah, I guess we can go with you on, on the Columbus Confederate thing. Yeah, let, let's, start, let's start this road. And you, what partnership is light with darkness? I mean, we made, we, there was a partnership there for the wrong reasons. That should never have happened. And now, we, what do we do with it? And Carl, and I think the, the appropriate thing to do is to look back and say that was a mistake. And we can see clearly now this has emboldened the other side and their ultimate goal, which we should have seen from the beginning, was to rip down everything about our country, Western civilization, and Christianity being in that mix. And we realize now that was a, that was a bad thing that we did there. And we should never have sided with them. And we now see their end goal. And we now... Uh, are not going to side with them. We're going to oppose them full stop. 
No looking back to recollect the the great days we had a few years ago, marching in the streets against police or something like, we're not going to do that. We're just going to say the word of God has spoken on the LGBT issue. And he made them male and female. Uh, the word of God assumes uh, heterosexuality is his design. There are different uh, stations and responsibility attached to being a male and a female, a mother and father, a husband and wife. And we will support that without trying to remind you of how much we were in favor of your innovations and your revolutionary activity a few years ago. In fact, we, we, we just, we don't, we oppose all of it now. And we see, we see what you're up to. We see that you're trying to connect everything to some form of oppression in your minds in order to justify ridding society of it completely, erasing memory, erasing history, and now inserting, because nature abhors a vacuum, your own new heroes, your own new founding of this country and these regions that we live in, and we're, we're rejecting it. Uh, we can we, we have the, the good sense to be able to look back and identify people of great achievement, of great character, uh, great uh, those who um, even might be role models. But we, we can look back and see the significant things that happened with fallible men, by the way. And we can we, we, we can celebrate those things uh, and we can look to those things as warnings even without having to somehow attach them to this larger narrative of it's just part of oppression and therefore should be opposed. Right. You can look at, to take the example of someone that I've been talking about, Robert E. Lee, and because he's a human, you can find things that are flaws in his character. And I'm sure he would tell you that, even though he's a great Christian uh, hero and, and, and I've read, I don't know, probably more biographies of Lee than I have anyone else. He, he is a, an amazing man once you actually start studying him and you don't don't read the nonsense books that have come out in the last few years. Uh, don't read Golzo and Robert E. Lee. You know, go go read a, a, a real book. Go go read Douglas Southall Freeman's biography of Robert E. Lee or something. But these these are real men uh, of character that have flaws. But we can we can look back and we can honor them for the things that originally the intention was to honor them for: loyalty, bravery, um, uh, genius. I mean, all the exploration, all these things. Uh, Columbus, I mean, has some deep flaws. But you can look at Columbus and say, you know what, he kind of he kind of paved the way for what's taken place here. The exploration led to uh, colonization, and led to, and we're here. And I mean, whether you agree with it or not, that's a pretty big feat. The bravery that that would take, the adventure, adventurous attitude. I mean, that's 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 pretty incredible. So it's it's the achievement that he made that is so significant that we have uh, some commemorations to him. And it would be foolish and just weird, honestly, to just to, to, to ignore him or to put to, to just uh, destroy any kind of public symbol that references him. It would it would create and then emphasize other people that really don't have the same significance, but they were part of the, the revolution for equality. Therefore, we need to look at them. Uh, it, it, this is the total deconstruction of American identity, of Christian identity, and it just needs to be called out as such. And so LGBT, I think, is in part, is part of the same soup. And, and they both want immediate drastic action now, and everyone must support it. There is no waiting. There is no thinking through things. There's no reasoning. It is a full revolution to change what was into what will be a society of equity, inclusion, and diversity. And Carl Truman, of all people, should be able 
to see this. But instead, he wants to keep playing the same game Christians have played for the last few years at the higher levels. We'll, we'll go with you on the COVID stuff. So please don't come knocking on our door when we, don't, when we disagree with you on the pride stuff. I got news for you. Um, the, the Christians who thought this was a good idea are either going to do one of two things. Well, there's the third possibility too. The third possibility is they wake up and they realize what they've been doing and how they've been uh, incentivizing evil. But there's, there's two other things that I think are more likely. You're going to find many of them start to cave on this issue. I mean, look, you've seen the rumblings of it. The whole same-sex attracted orientation is okay, but just don't act on it, right? So we see this already. This is happening in many places. Um, the other thing they'll do, uh, some of them who don't go that direction, and maybe Carl Truman's in this category, I don't know, but who, who see this as so evil and so wrong, the, the pride stuff, they are just going to be, they themselves are going to find themselves in the next decade marginalized more and more and more. They're not going to have a seat at the table more and more and more with the new emerging consensus among the elites because uh, no one's going to care that much that they were there for BLM in 2020 if we're in 2028 and they're not there for uh, the, the the transgenders who have been so oppressed by the church. So it's it's just, it, it, won't, it will be forgotten and those people will, they just, their voices won't be heard. They were useful for the time in which they operated now no longer useful and they're not going to be getting op-eds in the um in the new york times they're just not they're going to have to keep compromising in order to get those op-eds so i think now uh because there's still a fight to some extent there's you know of course i think if someone wanted to write an article supporting uh the the way that churches ought to uh, help welcome lgbt people so if you had someone who wrote an article, let's say, and, and maybe there are articles like this, I'm just not aware of, but someone wanted to write an article and say, you know, let's bash the conservatives because they're just way too uh, extreme on this. I think that, you know, yeah, of course homosexuality is a sin, but we've been too mean to homosexuals. Yeah, you'll probably get an opportunity to write about that. But don't you dare come out with guns blazing that this is evil, this is wrong, this is wicked. And this is uh, opposing God's law. And by the way, there's a place for those who do that. Uh, and it's not just for people who violate God's law in this area, but other areas. And it's called hell. I mean, if you do that, yeah, you're not getting the op-ed. So uh, that's, that's kind of um, my take on this whole thing. And I know many conservatives really were happy that Carl Truman said something finally about this. But yeah, what he said, though, uh, to me, has a, has a big Achilles heel. He said 90% true things and then the 10% is just, uh, it's a death knell for evangelicalism if they keep going down this path. All right, well, I hope that was helpful for some of you. Uh, more SBC-related stuff and other things coming later in the week. I just had to take a break from it. I couldn't do it today. Uh, so, um, but it is coming. So anyway, um, shout out to those in uh, in Croy Falls, uh, Wisconsin. I'm wearing uh, the, the hat that, that I was given. I really like this hat, by the way. And um, I, I just... Uh, yeah, uh, had a good time there and uh, looking forward to um, traveling some more later this year, doing some speaking engagements as well. You can go to worldviewconversation.com if you want to check that out and check out Gold River Tea if you want some good iced tea this summer. God bless. Bye now. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.